Blog Talk Radio. Welcome once again to Madam Perry Salon, the podcast that loves you. I am your host, your groove mistress, your spiritual advisor, Madam Perry, but you can call me Jen, Jennifer, JP, Perry. I'm just here to let you know that I am grateful for all the wonderful things that people have been saying on reviews, uh, the fact that people have been sharing the podcast, uh, and on your whatever platform you listen on whatever pla- excuse me, podcast app you listen on, whether it's Spotify, iHeartRadio, uh, Stitcher, Blog Talk Radio, whatever. I'm just happy that you're listening. And if you can, follow. follow. Uh, oh, we're on Spotify, too. And Spotify sent something out saying, hey, podcasters, let your listeners know that they can click on Spotify while listening to you and leave a review or leave a heart or something. Um, I haven't had anyone test it yet. They just sent me that. So, yeah, you can do that, too. Also, um, we've had so many people. Last night was Doug Brimner, and that this was probably his fourth or fifth time on the show over the last six years. Every time he's on for something different, Doug's a well-known doctor, author, he has a specialty and I uh, believe in neuroscience here at Emory University in Atlanta. He's a professor also, but he was here recently with his sister, who is a well-known uh, legal commentator on, has been on CNN, MSNBC, and several TV shows about a new, uh, about true crime. But he was on last night to talk about his film, Inheritance Italian Style. It's a story he wrote. About five sisters who go home to Italy. You know, they're all living in America. Well, three of them live in America, but they all go home to Italy to divide up the family uh, furniture and art because their parents are getting older. And it's uh, it's funny to me. The movie was very much like the Man Who Came to Dinner or the old uh, George um, Joseph S. Kaufman and Moss Hart screenplays. And if you don't know who they are. Think about the Marx Brothers. They wrote all the Marx Brothers films, I believe. So it is a delightful movie. It's fun. It's just playful. It's got everything that uh, a good family film should have. Uh, Big Italian dinners. uh, Let's see. uh, Infidelity. Lies. The Mafia. uh, Mail order panties from Amish girls. Just Everything, everything, and it's in a good family show, and it is a comedy. So check out Inheritance Italian Style. Also, Doug Brimner also promoted uh, this show tonight's show on uh, LinkedIn. So thank you, want to give him a big love and shout out for that, as well as um, let's see who else lately. Oh, Dave, you know what, Dave Cos, Dave Cos, the saxophonist, was on here. Uh, several months ago before he started the new tour. And his tour is doing great. He's putting out pictures. So thank you very much, Dave Cos. Uh, we love you too. And he keeps sending nice messages. Also, 
Who else did we see? Oh, yeah, Franny Goldie, a songwriter, written, you know, uh, Night Shift for the Commodore, Stick With You for the Pussycat Dolls, Dreaming for Selena. She has a clothing line. It's Franny Goldie, F-R-A-N-N-E-G-O-L-D-E. And if you, she's got a big sale on right now. Her pants, the ones that um, Adam Glassman of Oprah Magazine calls the magic pants because they're so comfortable, but they look very dressy and sophisticated. Uh, she's the one that created those. But if you go to her website, FrannyGoldie.com, check out the sale. And no matter what you get, at the end, put in MPS, and that is the initials for Madame Perry Salon, and get yourself a little discount before you check out. And thank you, Franny Goldie, for that. So tonight is somebody that has been on the show many years ago uh, when she first came out with a comic book about a creator, I mean, excuse me, a character she created, Tanya Lightfoot. Tanya Lightfoot is the Sasquatch detective. The comic book is called Sasquatch Detective. And it is absolutely charming. It is enchanting. Uh, This woman is a, I could take half the show just telling you what she does. She's a writer, actor, producer, uh, funny woman. She's done stage. She's done film, TV. She's pretty much a wonder woman. So I want to go ahead and talk about uh, what she's done. She's got a new book that will it, – <laughs> it, it almost defies imagination, uh, but it's true. It's true stories. I know because I know her sister, and her sister would probably tell me they're all true and leaving out a lot of the best parts. I don't know. But anyway, so welcome once again to Madam Perry Salon, Brandy Stillwell. Hello. Get comfy. Hello. Hi. Thank you. Delighted I'm to have you. I'm actually carrying all the people that you've had on before me. I'm like, <laughs> okay, everyone. Um, so uh, <laughs> the IQ level is going to drop here a tad. We're going to make a hard, we're going to bank a hard right. And, uh, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> you know, that's how, how I let you know. compete with that. That's how I let you know <laughs> that I have the cred to have a Hollywood type like you on, okay? Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever heard of the band Soraya? I have not. Okay, they play them a lot on Little Stevens Underground is how I met them, but it's a great, great hard rocking band. And uh, I remember when the singer Zuzu Mansour came on, she said, oh, a friend of mine says he knows you, that he was on your show. Who's that? She said, Michael DeBar, who is, uh, <laughs> yeah. And I go, oh, a friend of mine says he knows you. Yeah, yeah, Michael DeBar was on here. Um, so it's like, and he remembered me. So, yeah, that's pretty cool. Um but Brandy Stillwell is here tonight, and I am so excited. The last time you were here was Sasquatch Detective, the enchanting Tanya Lightfoot. And one thing I've told people a lot is that well, you said that when you created the character during uh, an improv show? Uh, right? Yeah. I was, um, I was at a show at Iowa West, which now rest in peace, uh, uh, so it was Improv Olympic, and somebody had just, like, earlier that day, I had been talking about um, Tanya Harding and how much I love Tanya Harding. <laughs> I thought she was misunderstood, you know, she was the underdog, and, you know, she didn't have the pretty nice things I could relate, and I was like, I fucking love Tanya I had Tanya Harding. So here it is hours later, 
um, doing a show, somebody walked out and established that they were in the woods, and I just came out and introduced myself as a Yeti uh, oh. named Tanya, and I had a oh. podcast in the woods, and I was always so desperate to get, you know, somebody to come interview because, you know, we were hide-and-seek champions. We were underground. So that's kind of how that started. And then when I got to Second City, um, I had auditioned and got into the grad – after going through the program and then auditioning to get into the grad program, we were all supposed to – we had an assignment that we had – there were four women and four men um, in our cast. And th- that week's assignment was we had to write a sketch that had all four women had to be in it. The other men could be in it too, but it just had to have all four women. And I was driving south on the 110 freeway. I live in Los Angeles. And I was over by Dodger Stadium. And there's the sign for the police academy. It was like Police Academy Road. And I had a flashback of Charlie's Angels. Because remember, once upon a time, three little girls went to the police academy. And I was like, oh, my God, that's it. I'm going to write a sketch of Tanya the Yeti and make her kind of like a Charlie's Angels type. But, of course, there's four of them. And that's where Sasquatch Detective came from, our director, Ron Wes was like, no, she can't be a Yeti. And I'm like, no, you're wrong. She started out as a Yeti. He's like, no, trust me, Sasquatches are better. And I'm like, ah. And then I'm like, I, I caved in. Because I made her, you know, uh, detective <laughs> or Yeti detective. And then it ended up becoming Sasquatch detective. And so that happened on, like, in the grad program at Second City and that show. It anchored the Sasquatch detective actually anchored the show and it ran for eight weeks and then there were a few of the editors from DC Comics had come to the show and then eventually they got the publisher to come and you know it took like 18 months but before you knew it she finally appeared in the because she was a new character uh, she appeared in the back of Mark Russell's Exit Stage Left, the, um, the Snagglepuss Chronicles. Oh. And so she was supposed to be in all six, but the original artist we had was in the middle of a divorce and there was drama and couldn't get the artwork done in time. So we had another artist that came in. He said he could do it, and then he didn't. And then that's why she didn't make it into the first because it should, so she's only in five instead of the six. And so then after all five of those, um, she eventually got uh, a one shot. Um, but I think probably one of the best things that happened was Mark Russell. I was at Comic-Con in San Diego with Mark, and he said the nicest thing to me. Um, I guess you can take it however you want, if it's nice or not, but I took it that way. Uh, and I hope I'm not spoiling anything if you haven't read uh, the Snagglepuss Chronicles. But he was like, I love Tanya Lightfoot so much because she was this happy, innocent, kind of Mary Tyler Moore type character. And I knew that she would be at the end of the comic book. So after, you know, Huckleberry Hound commits suicide, the audience <laughs> wouldn't be so disappointed because they could go read Sasquatch Detective. And I'm like, <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> okay. 
pain. <laughs> and I just, I'm like, that is to me, that was such a compliment. I'm like, thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Mark. Thank you. <laughs> Glad I could assist. And, and speaking of somebody who had a Huckleberry Hound book satchel, yeah, I can understand. That would really, you would need something <laughs> special. Yeah. <laughs> It was a different time. <laughs> yes, 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 indeed. Wow. <laughs> okay, so, oh, and the one thing, too, I wanted to mention, I love to tell people about you, the artist um, who create, who drew you, Tanya Lightfoot, that, and, and I, I hope I'm hope I'm correct in my memory, that you, the direction you gave him or her was to look like um, if, Audrey Hepburn or Sasquatch? Oh, yeah. Um, you know, the log line for Sasquatch Detective has always been, gosh, what Sam, I'm pa- I apologize. I'm also pandemic. Uh, I, <laughs> the brain doesn't work like it used to, so I apologize. Um, the log line was, um, uh, she's an Audrey Hepburn looking Sasquatch with a Lucille Ball type character with MacGyver like skills trying to make it in Los Angeles as a detective. (laughs) I remembered my love life. I nailed it. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Cheers. Well, Tanya Lightfoot is, is a cherished character. So, but let's get to your new stuff, your brand new book. Uh, that it's just none of this is going according to plan. Correct. So tell us about that. I'm loving. I've got to be careful not to give anything away. But my, uh, I, I also bought a copy for my niece Megan, and so we're both reading it, and um, and then texting each other about it all the time. So tell us about tell for people who for people who don't know about your brand new book. None of this is going according to plan. Um, well, it's why I've, I've always described it as like a toilet reader. And then I was like, don't say that. That like puts, you're putting yourself down. You're putting, I'm like, no, it's not. I mean, you know, um, when you see people at work heading to the bathroom with the newspaper, you're like, okay, so you're going to be in there for a while. Uh, men, I, you never saw, saw women do that, but you always tell the men, you're like, oh, okay. Um, so, or you could be on a bus. You could be on the subway. You could be like, oh, I have like 10, 15 minutes before my sequel kicks in and I'm going to pass out asleep. I should get a chapter in. Um, so it's, <laughs> I've had bad luck or not bad. I've had weird luck my entire life. And my dad used to introduce me as his daughter with the black cloud that followed her everywhere that she went. And again, oh, oh. I'm like, thank you. Um, she didn't do that. My sister, it was just to me. But it was weird, random shit would just happen to me nonstop. And um, I got to a point where I started writing it down. So this book took well over a decade, like well over a decade. And, you know, if you're in the middle of a breakup, a face breakout, you can't go out. I'm like, I'm going to stay in and write. Um, and I would just stay in and I would be like, oh, 
this bullshit happened the other day, but it's funny. So I will, everyone else is out clubbing, but I have a giant, you know, third eye that I'm between my eyes right now. I'm going to stay home, play acne, and write this tragic, hilarious story that happened last week. And I just continued to gather these stories and every now and then friends would be like hey do you remember when you did blub I'm like oh shit yeah I totally forgot about that yeah let me put <laughs> that in there too so um you know and when I worked in New York City you know I did an internship there and I would just go out and random stuff would happen and I would come back to our post house and I'd have like egg salad in my hair and all of my sweater and they're like what happened I'm like I gave part of my lunch to a homeless person and they decided they didn't like egg salad. So they chucked it back at me, but it just took me three weeks to save for the sweater and there's mayonnaise and it's 95 degrees outside. It's like, yeah. Oh, um, so ow. it was just random or I come, come back in and I just have bird shit all over the back of my jacket and I wouldn't even know about it. <laughs> I was like, well, I just passed through the park. And yeah. So, I just started writing stuff down. And uh, then one day an opportunity presented itself and I had been trying to get it published for a while. And I had several people that were like, oh, I know this person and I'll get it to this. And I know this person and I had a manager. And his wife read it and she loved it. And, but like nothing, nothing was ever happening. And mm-hmm. finally this past summer, um, I had looked, I had watched this like webinar of like how to get published, which was weird because I worked in publishing, but I still <laughs> couldn't get published. And so I had watched this webinar and of course, you know, with everything in life, there's a catch at the end of it. And I was like, do I spend this money to get this? And I was like, I want to talk to somebody who's published, but not comics. Cause like the majority of my writer friends or TV or comics, but I have a few that have like written novels here and there. And I, um, this one was busy. This one's hitting a deadline. This one's trying to get his son off to college. And uh, I called my friend's husband who I knew uh, he was a writer. I knew he was published and I just wanted to ask him some questions and he gets on the phone and he was like, you do know I have a publishing company, right? And I'm like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> and his name is John Booker. And he has Sideshow Media. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And he's like, I, I will publish your book, Sight Unseen. I see your Facebook posts. You're one of the only reasons why I'm still on Facebook. You're hilarious. Oh. I will publish them. Is this anything like your um, story time with Aunt Brandy? I'm like, oh, those. Um, which are just <laughs> little snippets of random dumb things happening to me. Um, and so I was like, I've had so many prompts, so many people promise so many things and nothing happens. And, you know, you learn not to put any egg in any basket. You just not agree, move forward, but you don't count on anything. And I took him a drive over one day and I was like, you read it. And then then you decide. And the next day he was like, I'm halfway through. I can't stop laughing. I'm sending you a contract. So, and the rest is history. Thank you, John Booker. 
<laughs> wow. Yes, indeed. Big thanks, yes. big love there. Because, yes. um, <laughs> you and about? at one point, you know, at one, well, at one point, well, for many years, this is, you know, this was something I was like, do I say this part? I don't know. Cause I don't know. If maybe I can't really have my mom listen to this podcast, but, but and she knows this, but uh, the title of the book for many years was Jesus hates me. It was Jesus hates me, but my mother tolerates me 70 short stories to give you a vague idea why. And everyone was on board. Everyone wanted this title. Even a friend of mine who's a rabbi was like, do it. Um, and the one person that was like, she didn't just say no. She broke down crying and oh, no. literally said, this hurts my heart. And that was my mother. And I'm like, I can't do it. She was the one person the only person that could veto that, and she did. So Aww. that is why it's now called <laughs> this is going according was, to plan. It was even blessed by the rabbi. I mean, come on. <laughs> I know, right? Come on now. Unbelievable. And still to this day, all my friends are like, I would have bought more copies if it was called Jesus Hates Me. Oh. And I'm like, ugh. I just said, well, you go talk to my mom. Because even at one point, John, the publisher, was like, should I call your mom? And I'm like, maybe. I don't know. I don't know if it would do any good. <laughs> I called you. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't, that doesn't used to go over very well, especially if, if mom has a, you know, a, a pretty pretty concrete feeling about something. Um, you know, you could have, uh, well, you could have an alternate cover. Um Brianne Davis. A variant. Who, I said a variant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, Dick. Um, Brianne Davis was on here recently, and uh, I don't know if you know her. You know, I figure, you know how people like me think that all of you Hollywood people all know each other? Mm-hmm. And uh, But Brianne Davis has, has a new book out uh, called Secret Life of a Hollywood Sex and Love Addict. And she's an she's a work she's been a working actor for years um, in Los Angeles, and uh, she's also a, a writer, um, producer, and director. But she had one co- one cover is um, it's actually more you know um, it's not a photo it's, it's a design a graphic design of a uh, of a woman going up the red carpet, and she's naked looking back over her shoulder, but she's got stuff you know in front of her her delicate parts. So, uh, but there were some people that didn't want to stock that, so she had to have two different covers. Oh, uh, yeah. So, I'm just saying. Anyway, <laughs> but none of this is going according to plan. <laughs> and it's like, I tell you what, if you think, and, and I've already told, Brandy knows that I think I've got some pretty wild stories to the people that have read my blog memoirs of a misanthrope but when brandy breaks it down thinking dang girl you pull more out of the situations than even i have i mean this everything from uh i i don't know just trying to climb a uh just trying to grab hold of a snake to climb a tree and and uh, uh okay, working my very easy. first job at a chinese <gasps> restaurant and my very first customer i almost killed and we had to call an ambulance um, she did. Yeah. Listen, this is not um, a joke. She, I just read this today. I just read this today. Brandy Stillwell, she, did, she didn't mean to, but she did almost kill her very first customer. And he tipped me $5 as he was getting in the ambulance. So, you know, each of you try. That's all you can do sometimes. Some people recognize. 
<laughs> you know, the good people recognize that. I mean, I figure between the fact that he was a good enough person to recognize that, and plus you said they were playing along with the with the backstory drama going on at the same time with the manager, and uh, and you being cute, you know, of course they're going to give you a tip. So, <laughs> uh, well, and the thing is, you know, there are. The, the five dollar trifecta stories are my favorite. Um, yeah. And you know, because there's three instances in the book where things have gone horribly wrong, and I was still tipped five dollars. <laughs> um, you know, because like the very first one, I worked at. Yeah, I was in high school, and I worked at a, a music store in the mall, and um, there was these. Uh, this was back in the day and you had CDs and you had those really awful, like, long, plastic, white things that your CDs would go in to try and mm-hmm. stop people from stealing. And mm-hmm. But, like, popping them out, like, my knuckles were always cut and bloody because, like, trying to pop them mm-hmm. out, you, did, you had to do it a certain way. Um, everything was, like, very organized except for the classical section was just a train wreck. <laughs> and this woman had come in. And had asked for like 19 or so titles of classical CDs. And I spent some time like trying to find as many as I could. Um, and here it was like I was getting ready to take her to the register. And, you know, this, it's the 90s. I'm in Kansas. Um, mm-hmm. I had a skater cut. Like my head was the bottom of my head was shaved. I had like a Ogilvy home perm that was like burgundy on top, <laughs> but it was like really short on the left of my ear and it went above my ear. And then as it went around to the other ear and across my face, it came down to like the bottom of like almost to like my chest. And, but it was curly and dyed burgundy. I was fine with and confident <laughs> in the way that I looked. And, um, you know, now every day, every kid, everybody has pink and purple hair, but back then, mm-hmm. that was not, that was not a thing. So, and in Kansas. <laughs> so as I'm taking her to the register, she just stops me and is like, I'm sorry. I can't, I'm so, sweetie, can I just ask you a quick question? And I'm like, well, sure, mm-hmm. go ahead. And she's like, why on God's green earth would you have such a stupid haircut? Now, oh, no. Um, nor, like my sister was so evil to me, trust me, I love her to death, but she was quick and smart and I wasn't. And that's why again, I will always say improv, improv, <laughs> improv, because it's like a cult and it will make your brain be like, if this, then what, if this, then what, and your brain will just work a hundred times faster than anybody else in the room. But this was before <laughs> that. And normally if my sister would insult me, it would take me a half an hour to an hour to be able to come back with something. And I'd be so proud of it. And she'd be like, really? That's all you got? I'm like, damn it. She always oh, no. get me. And so here I am like, oh, what am I, you know? And of course it's like a beautiful mind and there's like mathematics going around my head. Like, what can I say to this woman? And out of nowhere, I just said, well, um, I had a brain tumor and I'm just trying to make light of a really bad situation. And I just remember watching all the colors, like, flush out of her face. And she just stood there in silence. And I started to get cocky, like, 
you know, should I pull up the back of my head, my hair, and ask her if she wants to see the scar? But there's not one there. But I could read the room and tell she wasn't going to. She was frozen in fear. She wasn't going to budge to be like, hey, do you want to see my scar that doesn't exist because I'm lying to you right now? And as she's panicked, she starts digging in her purse. And she pulls out her wallet. And she handed me a $5 bill and turned around and walked out of the store. And I was like, I'm rich. But at the same time, I, like, look back and I see the stack of all the CDs. And I'm like, damn it. I have to put those back now. (laughs) And nobody wants to go to the classical section because, again, it's a nightmare. Um, Anyway, so those are just two of the three times that I've received $5 in my life. So. (laughs) <laughs> you gotta have to keep it going, Brandy, because I, I I've read that story too, and it's still even funnier. I can see, you know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, because even you know, like from that story, you know, you have to like, like, even in that one particular story, like build up the fact that back then everybody wrote checks or, you know, people, you know, I don't really know if ATM cards were the thing, but everyone had credit cards, but not every, so people still did cash, but some people did checks. So they would have to show their driver's license or their school ID or whatever. And you would just write something down, a school ID number, their driver's license number. But every now and then you'd get super lucky and someone would forget their driver's license. And if, you know, there was information and you could match if they had their phone number on the check, you could track them down. And we always did. But there was one particular time there was a woman named Deborah Benedict, and she had forgotten her driver's license. And I'm like this 17-year-old white, nerdy, dumb girl. And this woman, Deborah Benedict, was like a 35-year-old black lady with thick glasses and short hair and I was just like you know what I'm gonna use it <laughs> I'm just gonna use it um because we had a band that was you know it was like this main alternative band in Kansas because it was called that statue move and my friend Greg and I we just wanted to dance like that's all we cared about like we have to dance um like we didn't do drugs we didn't do we weren't out drinking we just wanted to dance. Um, and that's so stupid. No, it's not. It's awesome. It's awesome. Um, and so, because I'm like, you would look at us. And, you know, we all looked like little goth emo kids. We all wore black. But, you know, we weren't doing drugs. We weren't, we weren't drinking. We just wanted to dance. And then maybe go to Village Inn afterwards and drink, like, straight black coffee. That's all, you know, that's who we were. <laughs> And so to go to, if that statue moves was playing at a 21 and over club and I'm like 17, I would just go up and hand them Deborah Benedict's driver's license. <laughs> this guy would always be like, really, really, you have the balls for this. And I'm like, I do. I just want to dance. Um, and then it would be like, so help me if I catch any alcohol near you. And I'm like, you will find a diet Coke and me on the dance floor. And that was, that's like who I was in high school and in college. So yeah, then then one day someone 
my purse was stolen and it had Deborah Benedict's oh. ID in it. And it was a sad day. It was a really sad day because I was so thankful. Um, and I hope wherever Deborah is, she's having a great life because she really helped me as an adolescent have one. And I'm very appreciative of it. So, so here's to Deborah Benedict. I, I think we all yeah. owe her a toast. <laughs> yeah. God love you, Deborah Benedict. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, Brandy, this Listen, and I'm laughing now, and I've read these stories, but they are so funny. You get a lot of mileage out of them, believe me. Um, it's crazy. Listen, I've got to play a couple of spots for some folks who are uh, sponsoring us tonight, and mm-hmm. then we'll be back. And if you want to, if it's okay with Brandy Stillwell, writer, actor, producer, uh, single mother of three cats, it's three steps. <laughs> three cats, five urns. And uh, and we'll go back in about three, four minutes. But also, also, a one nine nine two two. That's six four six seven one six nine nine two two. As a toll free call in the continental U.S. But if you're at one of those jobs, uh, Brandy, I think we've all been there where. You can't make a call because, you know, you're at a job or you're at a place where you got to be quiet. Maybe you're babysitting, whatever it is. You can always message in your question or comment uh, on Facebook Messenger, either through Jennifer Modette Perry or Madam Perry Salon, and I'll be happy to share it with Brandy Stillwell. But for right now, i got a couple of messages to play. If I, I'm sorry, Brandy. I'm laughing so hard. I know this after, after you complimented all the great people I've had on my show, including you. Uh, now I'm laughing so hard, I can't even pull up all the audio for, this, for, the, for these things. I just keep spinning it like a roulette wheel. So um, I'm going to mute you right there, and here we go. <sighs> Ugh, what a day. I just need some me time for once. Yes, perfect. I got the new bath bombs today. Peach and clove, here we come. Mim and the Anvil makes the best smelling herbal blends of bath bombs. You can order loose or ground herb, added buttermilk, extra large, even ones with hidden gifts inside. There are over 25 essential oil varieties. After today, my body definitely needs some spiritual nourishment and lots of fizz. Her metaphysical blends are soothing in more ways than one. Visit MimInTheAnvil.com today. Make time for yourself. There are over 100 herbal blends of bath bombs. Keep a healthy body and mind. Feed your soul. Visit MimInTheAnvil.com today. If you don't make time for yourself, no one else will. Do you enjoy watching movies? Do you like to hear other people's opinions on movies? Yes! And do you find that you don't always have the time to listen to an entire podcast about one movie? Yes! Well, then you might enjoy my new podcast, Living for the Cinema. My reviews cover the good, the bad, and the ugly of what makes each film unique, but in less than 15 minutes. Check out Living for the Cinema on all platforms where podcasts are available. All right, Mim and the Anvil, she has her bath bombs and all kind of luxury lotions and potions to make you feel good. She also, I saw on her website that she makes dolls 
out of um, recovered old dolls that she's fun. She recovers them and infuses them with different types of herbs and crystals and uh well, those are pretty special, too. You should look at them on her site, Mim, M-I-M, and The Anvil. She's also on Facebook. Also, um, Living for the Cinema, the thing I like about that is that they're short episodes. And it's not only just new movies. Uh, it's new movies, old movies, movies you've heard of, movies you might not have heard of. But that's a lot of fun. Also, one more uh, sponsor is Cryptic Chronicles. Cryptic Chronicles is a podcast. Uh, it's well, one tag calls it a science and social sciences podcast. Another one calls it just um, chronicling the cryptic. But the episodes have titles like uh, Santa Claus Syndrome with Ethan Indigo Smith, uh, the Dead Internet Theory. Dr. Margaret Van Koops on psychic development and ET encounters. Here's another one. Uh, it's a Halloween special on werewolf magic and creepy American towns. Uh, and this is um, this is my favorite title so far. Zozo the Ouija board demon. I don't know. I may not play it, but it's cute to read the title. So that is Cryptic Chronicles podcast, and check them out too. Now, of course, back here with your groove mistress, Madam Perry or Jennifer Perry, and I have just been waiting for this moment to have writer, actor, producer, Brandy Stillwell here. Brandy, tell us more yes. about your new book. Um, well, um, <clears throat> at, you know, at one point there were 70 stories, and mm-hmm. then I had begged the publisher. I felt like some stories weren't strong enough, and we, had, we cut them. And then, um, but he was like, um, you know, I'm like, oh, I'll tell you what, I'll add this, I'll add this. I added the George Michael because I just felt like, you know, you have all these stories of losses. Here was a win. Here was a solid win with George Michael, my heart. And so I went back and added that. And then Emma Kubert, who did the cover artwork for me. Which is um, great. Thank you. And the thing is, I wanted Sasquatch Detective to be on there, but I wanted her to be an Easter egg because as far as I know, you know, that character could die on the vine. I own the IP, but at one point it was going to, it was in play at Warner Brothers to become an animated short to go to HBO Max. And then everything kept getting cut. And then AT&T bought Warner Brothers and then started chopping things and different departments got let go. And there were massive layoffs. And that part of like, it was almost like a MTV liquid TV kind of thing went away. It just went away. So um, you know, there's been some times where Sasquatch Detective is like people have looked at it for this and it looks like it's going to get greenlit and then it doesn't and that's Hollywood. So um, I wanted her to be just a little Easter egg for me on the cover. And I had sketched out what I wanted the cover to look like, but I, my skill set ability is like hangman. Um, it's like it's stick figures. And then I have to draw arrows explaining what things are. And um, I remember Jim Lee from D.C. would always look at my drawings and be like, really, are you proud of that? I'm like, shut up. Not everyone can draw that one like you. It's not fair. Um, but so I thought, so thought Sasquatch Detective would be cute as an Easter egg. But when I got the artwork back, she was bigger than I was. And I'm like, oh, no, she's not even mentioned in the book. 
So then that's when I was like, oh, yeah. When I was at Second City and I was performing this character before the main run, I got a black eye, my first black eye in my entire life. And that was like hundreds of thousands of hours on ball fields and volleyball courts and just playing sports and never had a black eye. And there was a stage accident during a show where one of the guys on my team, we all had cheat sheets because there were seven entrances and exits and everything is choreographed. So if you're in one scene, you knew that at the end of this scene, you had to exit door two. Your scene partner was going to exit door four because the next scene was people were coming out in door five and it's pitch black. Although you, you know, when you're on stage, you couldn't see, you could barely see people's feet in the front row. Um, just the way the lights are so harsh. And then, of course, there's the neon green tape on the edge of the stage to let you know not to cross it because if you do, you will fall over and into people. But we all had these cheat sheets. And one of the guys had, you know, I always wore, like, knee-high socks and shorts. And I always had my cheat sheet, like, in my sock. And, you know, even though you knew the, the scene order that was posted all over the place, Everybody had a choreographed cast. And so it was a scene I didn't realize that this guy had dropped his cheat sheet. And I had to, in pitch black darkness, reset the stage. So when he dropped his um, cheat sheet, he stayed out there. And I didn't know he was in front of me because it is that dark. So when I bent over to grab the chairs, he stood up. And I got hit in the face really hard and had to go into the next scene like, I have silver lightning bugs. Like, I know the silver lightning bugs aren't real, but they're here and they're swarming around my face. Um, and then we had a couple of scenes later and we're singing and it's a stage picture. Everybody has their hands or like in front of them held out. And I could feel liquid like coming off my face. And all I could do was the lights were up enough. And I'm right on the edge of the stage that at this point I could see two women in the front row. And if I sang to them and made eye contact with them, I could read their face. And if their face, the facial expression was telling me I had blood everywhere, then I knew <laughs> I should probably try and break the scene picture and wipe my face. But luckily, I'm singing right at them. and They're just smiling back at me. Of course, pre-COVID, nobody has masks on. So you can, you know, you had like a moment with these people. And they let me know there was nothing wrong with my face. So um, it was just like clear liquid. But the next few days, my whole face swelled up like a balloon, and I had the worst black eye. And then because it's me, and I'm not really an actor, um, I've never really pursued it, which, you know, you, there, is a, there is a chapter in the book of where you're like, oh, I get why she didn't really pursue it, <laughs> because of all these things that kept going wrong. Um, and so anyway... Bruce Letty, who was the director at Mad TV, and I was the associate post producer of Mad TV like a lifetime ago, he had always like loved my Facebook posts and he had reached out to me because they were trying to do a reboot of Mad TV and he wanted me to come in and audition. And I'm like, you can't, this would only happen to me. Um, the biggest audition I've ever had in my entire life. And now I have a giant black eye. And I can't hide it. Like, it's a giant elephant in the room. And uh, yeah, it was, 
it was the whole thing. So because Emma Kubert put put Tanya Lightfoot on the cover of the book and made her bigger, I was like, I need to tell this story, and I need to tell all these other tragic things of why I never really pursued that. And that would be the story of uh, the Sasquatch had a black eye. Um, and then just, you know, a lot of tragedy that ensues um, after that. Um, so, but the other thing I will say, I haven't announced it anywhere on social media, so this might as well do it here. There's going to be a sequel. Yes. I got a sequel. There's going to be another book. And the funny thing is, you know, right before this book, it there was it ended up being 68 stories. And everyone's like, the book is so sick. And I'm like, it is well worth your money oh, for yeah. 20 bucks because it's well over 400 pages. And right before it went to the printer, I asked to have eight more stories cut because I had added some and wanted to cut some others out. And then I'm like, can we cut these eight? So we cut eight stories right before it went to the printer. Otherwise, so it's 60 stories instead of 68. But then there was one story like called Car Maintenance that I was about my friend Holly and I and our cars just breaking down at nightclubs. And again, we just wanted to dance. So like my 66 Mustang, the, the door literally fell off in the middle of a night storm. And we, a farmer helped us like... Get it off. We just put it in the back seat and went in and um, went dancing all night and then drove home 30 miles because my mom and my stepfather, they lived out in the country in the middle of nowhere. And, you know, here we are going down (laughs) country dirt roads and I'm in my 1966 Mustang and there's no door and my friend Holly's sitting there, and because it's a 66, it's a 66 Mustang, there's no over-the-shoulder seatbelt. So she just had, like, oh, the, the waist. And I'm like, well, just scoot over to me, and we'll just turn the heat on. And of course, she's just going down the road after dancing to Depeche Mode um, with no car door. Um, and I wish that I wouldn't have cut that story. But now that one <laughs> is going, and it's already back in the sequel. And... Um, my, to my publisher, John, you know, we were joking about, you know, the movie, um, I still know what you did last summer. Mm-hmm. And then there was the sequel. I still know what you did last summer. So the sequel, to none of this is going according to plan is still none of this is going according to plan. And there are so many stories that didn't make it whom I had forgotten about. And then others. I think I would have gotten rid of my Facebook if it wasn't for the memories because every day you get a new memory and I'm again, I've become pandemic and I'm like, wait, when did I see Devo? Wait, I don't remember seeing Devo. And I'm like, Oh, that's right. It was with this person. So with all of my story time, like um, story time with aunt Brandy, little snippets that I write, I'm like, Oh crap. How could I have forgotten about this? that goes in the book and then you know the next day I'm like every morning I'm like what else did I forget and then it's like holy crap this story was so epic and all my friends were like why is this story not in your book and I'm like I forgot and you know we're in the middle of a pandemic um so there's more stories and there are more stories to come and there's even ghost I mean there's two ghost stories I think in the first one or mentions thereof but there's a whole slew 
you know, <laughs> that I think I'm like, well, hell, because at one point, if there was going to be a third book, it was going to be none of this is going according to plan because my fucking apartment's haunted. Um, <laughs> and then I could put in more ghost stories. But now I'm like, maybe I'll just throw the ghost stories in. Still, none of this is going according to plan. <laughs> No. <laughs> Every day is an adventure, Jen. <laughs> you know. By the way, one of my uh, let's see, I've got a lot of people sitting there listening, and Vinny's listening in in North Carolina. Uh, Peter's listening in Illinois, and um, <laughs> Vinny said, "You seem like a fun person." Oh, Vinny, yes. Uh, Peter said, I mean, Peter usually says, he's an animator in Chicago. He said, he usually calls in. He goes, I'm just sitting back and letting her roll. <laughs> At least I know what happened to Sasquatch Detective. Because he got the comic book. Because um, I think I remember mm-hmm. when you were on before and he knew that you were going to be on. Yeah. Um, he bought a comic book, you know, so he could read up before so he called in and talked to you. So <laughs> And, uh, yeah, this is great. Also, uh, Matt in Stockbridge, Georgia, <laughs> I'm homesick, and this is exactly what I needed to cheer me up. Thank you, Matt. We're glad you feel that uh, way. <laughs> thank you, Matt. I hope you feel better. I do. So, um, <laughs> okay, the one of my one of the first things I read. And this is when I thought, you know, maybe, maybe I've always felt switched at birth. Maybe you're really my sister. But it's a story about um, there's a little paper there in Los Angeles, I guess, called the Recycler. Yes. Uh, are you and talking you, about the story Recycler Apartment Number One? <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> and the thing is. If I do panels for, like, you know, I've done panels at, like, Kamikaze Con and Comic Con and mm-hmm. even, I, but I think my favorite one I ever did was for Right Girl, which is W-R-I-T-E-G-I-R-L, which is for inner city girls to help them find a voice. Like, that was the story that I was so, I, want, I was like, I'm telling you this story. Um, something as simple as going to look at an apartment you don't, you know, and what it, what it involved and what became of it. And um, then also because they are young women, it's like, and, you know, I want young men to hear anybody, man, men, women, whatever you are, doesn't matter, trans, just, yeah, it helps. If it helps you, it helps you. And my job here is done. Uh, I don't know how much time we have. Do you want me to tell it? I can turn to a cliff note. Yeah, you got time to tell it. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, so I had just moved to L.A. I had been staying with a friend, and I had, you know, this is, like, really before, like, apartmentrental.com, Westside Rentals, all of that stuff. So you would go and you would get a paper, like the 7-Eleven, and it was, you know, you used to be, like, an L.A. Weekly, but there was also this thing called the Recycler, and it was also, like, a penny saver. And Mm -hmm. I had seen uh, this ad that said, one-bedroom apartment, female preferred. Um, Gosh, I can't remember how much money it was. It was like 
I have it in the book. And I, I was also like, I don't know if I, I might need to change the amount in the book because I don't want to date how old I am because I'm ancient. <laughs> and so, but it was like, you know, $600 or something like that for this one bedroom. And it said female preferred. And I'm assuming female preferred because it's uh, we're just known to be cleaner. Um, generally, mm-hmm. sometimes maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, so I am a fashion palette from Kansas. I have on my old PE gym issued t-shirts. It's blue and white striped uh, <laughs> cut off and platform wicker shoes because <laughs> I'm a fashion palette. And I show up, of course, uh, cell phone charging in car. I am in a Ford Escort with Kansas plates. I don't know where I'm at, but I'm in Santa Monica. I'm off of Pico Boulevard, kind of um, at the top of the hill, and I've ditched my car off in a residential area. And I go to this man's door, and, you know, nice, clean, empty courtyard. I knock on this man's door, and this man answers the door. And I don't mean to be mean. I don't mean to be rude. I, don't, I apologize if this offends anybody, but he only Get has one eye. Okay. <laughs> so, um, I don't want to offend anybody. Um, but I know, one. I know. So he starts looking me up and down with the one eye, and the <laughs> other eye is just white. And I'm like, okay. And he ends up inviting me into his ha- his apartment, and there's boxes everywhere. And uh, so I'm like, I'm confused. Is it this apartment? Is it somebody else's apartment? Is he the apartment manager? And so as he starts talking, he asks me, if I want to see the apartment. This is the cliff note version. So as he starts to show me the apartment, I'm like, okay, he's moving. He's moving. Again, I don't want to be rude. Maybe I don't ask the right questions. But you know what? You need to ask the right questions because you'll get murdered if you don't. So anyway, I didn't ask the right questions because I was trying to be polite. And uh, so we get to the kitchen and he starts like opening cabinets. Like this is the pots and pans that you will cook with. And I'm like, Clearly, you don't know me. That's not going to happen. Okay, go on. So then we go down this hallway, and we get to this bathroom, and he starts getting creepy. And he's just like, oh, you can put your shampoo here, and you can keep your tampons here. And I'm like, hi, hi, that's that's private. That's okay. And so, you know, and it's a bathroom that both of us are in there and it's uncomfortable. He's in my personal space. And then it's L-shaped. So now we go down, make a right down a hallway and here's the bedroom. And he sits down on this bed and starts rubbing the bed. And I walk out, there's a balcony. It's like maybe four feet wide. And I'm like, if you stretch as far as you can, you're like, oh, mm-hmm. there's the ocean. Cause it said ocean view. I'm like, where the hell is the mm-hmm. ocean? can't see it from this apartment unless you're about to kill yourself on the balcony. <laughs> and the other thing I noticed, the parking garage is on a hill and it goes underneath this now second floor apartment. And the guy starts rubbing the bed and he says, this is the bed that we will sleep in. And I'm like, I'm sorry, what? And he like starts patting the bed again. He's like, this is the bed that we will sleep in. And I'm like, oh, Oh, shit. Um, And, of course, I go back out to the balcony, and I have on these awesome wicker platform shoes, no health insurance. I just moved out here. I will break both ankles. My purse is in the other room, and I'm just like, oh, my God. 
stranger danger. I, you know, and I was just like, but then I was like, wait a minute, you're going to charge me $600 a month. <laughs> I have to pay $600 a month to sleep in the same bed with you. Wow. My property value is not as good as I thought it was. Not great. So as I am trying to leave, I keep hearing my aunt Jan, like, don't, whatever you do, I wouldn't turn my back on him. So I'm going down this L-shaped hallway, wouldn't turn my back on him, but I'm still trying to be polite. And I get into the living room and I scoop up my purse, throw it over my shoulder, and I'm trying to thank him for his time and everything. And now he's getting close. He's in my personal space. And I, again, I'm trying to be polite. And I'm uncomfortable and I don't, like, I'm like, this is, your stranger danger, the hair in your arms or standing up, you're like, I'm going to die now. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I kept hearing my Aunt Jan always say, if you get into a situation, whatever you got to do, fart. Just let as much gas out as you can. Well, I'm sitting there. I haven't eaten anything all day. So I'm not producing anything. This body is not producing any gas at the moment. So I am literally dancing, and that's so cheesy and cliche, but I'm dancing like I'm, um, uh, what's her face from Seinfeld? Um, Julia. Eileen. Julia. I, 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 Julia Louise Drivers. Again, I'm pandemic, and I'm speeding through because I can see the clock. So I'm dancing very poorly, and he's, like, mirroring me, like it's sexy time. And I oh. am just trying to fart, and nothing's coming out. So then I hear the next thing in my head again from my Aunt Jan. If that doesn't work, you take your finger and you start digging for gold. So I'm picking my nose and I am just, and the look on his face, all the color goes out of his skin and he takes a step back. And I have now hit the door and I can feel the doorknob, but now I realize the door has to open. So I have to move towards him. So I get the door to open and I have to move towards him and he's so disgusted by me, which I'm so thankful for. And I get around the door and I get the, the metal door open and I push it open and I take a step down into the courtyard and he's standing there so disgusted by me and in disbelief that I decide to just. I'm going to sell the property at this point. So I start licking my finger, my burger finger, <laughs> to gross him out. And I stuck my hand out to shake his, and he just slammed the door on me. <laughs> and I left alive and not murdered. So I won that day. Um, and that is a story I like to tell women, like young girls, stick your nose, ladies. Fly that flag. If it keeps you safe fly that flag <laughs> you've got to do and, and this is valuable because you've got to do what it takes to protect yourself use your your yeah. wits your wits and i'll tell you what you keep listening to this story i'm just going to grab your wrist raise it up in the air and go the winner and still champion brandy still well <laughs> <laughs> and We're still alive <laughs> still alive, still alive. No one-eyed man's gonna grab you up, and that I think not is today. <laughs> if that doesn't get you to buy this book, if you haven't already bought it, that's it. And and that really that really explains um, something that's in your book, and you also 
very, very kindly added it on the um, description to me. Madam Perry, Superman isn't coming. Sometimes you have to be your own hero. High five, freeze frame. And that is the truth. None of this is going according to plan by Brandy Stillwell. And yes, you got the exclusive here. Thank you. Thank you so much that there will be a sequel. It's already in the making. Brandy, I just can't thank you enough. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. It was a lot of fun. It is an absolute pleasure, and I've got people still, and I've got somebody there. Let's see. Whoa, 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 whoa. Uh, 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 Mark, Mark, and um, Mark is in Tucker, Georgia. Oh, my God, a lot of Georgia people for a change, uh, saying, this was the most awesome show you've ever done. Well, thank you. <laughs> thank you so much. So everybody, get this book. I will be sharing the links to this book on all of my social media, not just Madam Perry Salon, but all Jennifer Perry. If you see on um, – follow follow Brandy on um, Twitter, on Instagram. You'll love it. She takes you on these marvelous, enchanting trips uh, on her walks through L.A. and California to the most wonderful sites. It's like having a tour guide, like you're doing some time travel with a tour guide, and I love every one of them. And then the other ones, though, are my favorites the, uh, that you have for your three cats when you have a, a special – this is really one of my favorite things you do, is you take them on a um, – oh, gosh, I forget what it's called, but it's like an amusement park. Oh, and maybe you have um, uh, Aunt Brandy's Low Budget Amusement Park for Cats. I did. Yeah. I started doing that when the pandemic first started, and I was home by myself. <laughs> I will make it look like writer producer Liz Lemon is on a teacup ride, um, and I don't have any like editing skills or anything like that. So we would try and do things in one take. But uh, the cat's Instagram page is socialite underscore more underscore rose, and she's my kitty that doesn't have any eyes. So, but every now and then, Count Laszlo Cravensworth, a.k.a. Jackie Daytona, also known as Laszlo, and writer-producer Liz Lemon, Liz, will show up on Socialite More Rose's Instagram page. <laughs> and, and, the, and let me tell you what you do. It's always exactly what I need when I find that. It's always um, enchanting. So, thank you again. Don't forget to thank you so well. None of this is going to with lucky landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.